Good evening, beloveds. Thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for your courage. Uh, you're taking a step in the direction of finding your authentic self. I'm sure you agree that there isn't a greater journey than the one we must take to discover all our fantabulous mysteries, these fabulous mysteries that lie within us. Congratulations on taking the step. It takes a serious amount of courage to do what you're doing. This journey of self-development and self-discovery can be very scary sometimes. I'm so honored to spend the next half hour or so with you as we share some insights on the journey of self. Please have a sheet of paper with you or a journal, a note will also do and something to write with. You may want to jot down some of your thoughts as we proceed. Okay, let's take a moment and just slow things down a little bit. Um, I'd like you to get a little bit comfortable and close your eyes for a moment. Take a deep breath in. Hold, breathe out. We just release all the shenanigans of the day so we can get settled and focus on, on what we're going to be doing for the next few minutes. So I'd like to start with a short introduction of myself and then I'll talk about the content we'll cover in the next few minutes, just to give you an idea of what you can expect. My name is Rukaya Harris. I hold a three-year bachelor degree in psychology from the University of Johannesburg. I've got 20 years experience in human development and training, and I'm also a qualified counselor. I believe in self-growth, self-growth and self-development. I believe we enrich our lives by taking stock of where we are and then growing from the challenges and the mistakes we make um, into better versions of ourselves. My life purpose is to grow and evolve into the best version of myself and to assist others by facilitating the self-discovery. An apt description of my personality is a lot of sunshine mixed with a little bit of hurricane. This process, this journey that we're on usually starts um, by us giving us, a by us having a thought or, or an emotion of some sort that leaves us wondering whether or not we are fulfilling our purpose. We think something like, do I know what my purpose is? Am I really doing what I was meant to do? And we all have those moments at some point in our life where we wonder if the path that we are taking is going to bring us closer to fulfilling the purpose, the reason that we've, we, we've been put on the earth. And then sadly, sometimes we have a moment where we think, do I even do I even know what my purpose is? And that question really gets me in my feelings sometimes because that makes me almost feel like it opens up a, a door or, or a question of, is purpose even something that everybody has? And, and, and for me, the answer is always, I affirm to myself and I also say to you that yes, I have a purpose you have a purpose. Every single human being on the face of this earth has a purpose. 
Otherwise, we would not be here. So that the question, answer to the question, do I even have a purpose, is not up for debate. Yes, you have a purpose. The step that you're taking in the direction of finding yourself, how you fit into the world, whether you are on the right path, the step that you're taking will help you identify what that purpose is. We all have a divine, soul-enriching, and love-filled purpose. And this journey is going to help us uncover that. This life that we have, with all its blessings and its, cha and its challenges, that is the path that we take to find our purpose. Now, the course information that we're going to be covering uh, runs from understanding why we, we are here, why are we focused on this journey of self, to identifying warning signs that we're losing track of who we are. We'll talk about practicing self-forgiveness, understanding how we fit into uh, relationships once we understand that we are at a healthy place. Uh, I'd like to talk about financial abundance and how to live with a sense of value, having strong values and sticking to those. In this introduction, though, we are not going to do all of that. We are going to cover understanding why this journey is important and focusing on the journey of self. We'll talk about the warning signs and a little bit of what it means to go through a process of self-forgiveness. The rest of the content will be covered in our face-to-face -face session on the 5th of December. So I want to encourage you, once you've listened to the seven free podcasts, to think about joining us on the 5th of December. It would definitely be worth your while. So this podcast is one of seven free sessions that can be shared. They recorded, so you can request a copy from, from Tahira. Uh, have a look at the Yoga Mama site. Uh, don't stress if we go through, as we're going through the podcast and you miss anything, you get the recorded session and so you can catch up on the information a little bit later. In a nutshell, the actual meeting of life, the, the actual meaning of life, the reason why we do what we do is to what we are doing is to fulfill our purpose and to accomplish our goals. These type of courses, this course, gives us an opportunity to reset ourselves and to embark on a journey of healing. So the question is, why is it important to start, or if we have started, continue on the journey of self to find out who we are as human beings, we are continuously regrouping, learning and moving forward. And this journey of self-discovery and experience leads us to what our purpose could be. The journey of self is important because it is how we figure out what our purpose is. Self-discovery is a fundamental component of personal growth. We can't grow if we don't take the time to figure out what is important to us or what we stand for, what works for us. With a sense of purpose, you learn to accept all the challenges that come along the way because you've got your eyes focused on what really matters. You kind of figure, 
you, you focus on what the big picture is. When we ask ourselves questions like, why do I do the things I do? What drives me? What am I missing? What kind of impact do my choices have on the life that I want? We kickstart this process of what's my purpose? Purpose allows us to look neutrally at our thoughts. We stop judging our feelings and our emotions and our actions because we understand the big picture. And we're able to look at ourselves with interest and curiosity. Not understanding ourselves is like walking down a path in the forest. Um, at that point, like just before the sun goes down, the weather starts turning bad, a thunderstorm is approaching. As we struggle to stay on this path or this trail that we're on, we think, we start wondering about whether or not it is actually going to lead us home. We have trees and mountains around us and without a purpose, the place of home starts slipping away from sight. You barely notice anything other than what you are focusing on now, like five minutes, five meters within your footsteps. That's the kind of life without purpose. But when you actually understand what drives you, you're able to look into the mirror and describe what you see. You're able to describe what you see without judgment. That process of self-evaluation enables us to guide ourselves through situations with a little bit more empathy for ourselves. The objective then becomes to learn and to thrive rather than to judge. So this journey is really important because it forces you out of your comfort zone, that place where we know is very comfortable, right? But, but nothing really grows there is the same. If there are areas in our lives that we don't like, those areas is what we focus on to improve. So this constant reevaluation, self-discovery, that process allows us to see this life as an opportunity to experience growth and to improve our skills. This is when we learn to swim, we learn to drive, we learn to overcome this fear of public speaking. We learn to say, no, that does not work for me. And in doing so, we start working with our authentic self. So this journey of self helps us to develop our strengths by taking time to focus on nurturing and using our strengths more. We go from being good at something to being excellent at it, for example. You might be a good math teacher um, or a math student uh, or really enjoy doing maths. And you start thinking about how can I use this that I'm so good at to improve the lives of others. So you become a lecturer or if you're still at school and you do really well in maths, you think, let me help other people by tutoring them. Other situations, examples might be you're really good at soccer. So you start a community soccer school of some sort and you teach other people how to be good at that skill. In that process, we start boosting our confidence. We make decisions that improve our lives. It takes us a step closer to feeling more confident. 
once we've achieved a certain goal or gained another skill or developed a certain area in, in our lives, we naturally feel good about ourselves. It boosts our confidence. Like the time when you did something really well, you baked that really good cake and people are eating and, and they're really enjoying it. And you, you whisper to yourself there quietly in the corner, you see some boss when it comes to cooking or baking or tutoring. The journey to self and living with purpose also has another spin-off. It increases, improves your mental health. One of our biggest important um, objectives of looking at self is to have a positive impact on the mental health of ourselves as well as other people. When we work on ourselves, we get confident, we get to know ourselves better, which helps us deal with our thoughts and emotions more effectively. And that kind of seeps in out, outwards into the community or the relationships that you're working with, that, that you're surrounded with. We begin to understand why we are experiencing certain emotions. Why was I angry in that situation? Why was I fearful? Why was I so sad when so-and-so said that? Why did that person's compliment give me so much joy? Why, when I socialize with these people, do I feel so much love? That's the type of thought process we go through as we on this journey of self. And while we are doing that and analyzing these situations and how they affect us, we start understanding what makes us tick. And we know what we want and what we don't want, what we want to gravitate towards and what we want to move away. So... Someone who's not self-aware and not focused on improving themselves will have absolutely no control over their reactions. And that leads to stress and anxiety because being in denial never, never is the answer. So we, we want to be at a point where we can answer questions like, I was angry and fearful because, I felt sad because, that gave me so much joy because it spoke to this or it spoke to that. Imagine climbing up a mountain and every hurdle you cross motivates you to go higher. That's the same analogy that we can use when it comes to self-improvement. Every fear and weakness we overcome motivates us to continue on this path of self-improvement and it encourages us to evolve even further. Self-improvement motivates us. Self-improvement and motivation go hand in hand. When we see ourselves developing as human beings, we're filled with optimism, we're filled with drive. We want to push ourselves to continuously do better. And in this continuous cycle, it forces us to grow. It increases our motivation levels. And we commit to constantly growing. Journey to self and purpose leads to better decision-making when it comes to what works for us and what doesn't. We get to make decisions at every step of our lives because we are conscious of the steps that we take. And every decision leads to a consequence that we have consciously chosen. Good decision-making skills is really important because it comes from a place of clarity. Self-awareness and confidence, which is a direct result of self-improvement, leads to good decision-making skills.
when I know what I want to achieve out of a situation and I set a goal, I'm able to make better informed decisions. Have you ever noticed that people who are invested in their continuous self-improvement come with extremely positive attitudes towards life? Aristotle said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Let's move on to our second step. Um, the second step is identifying warning signs that we are lost on this path of self-discovery. Each of one of us is sailing uncharted waters every day. Few humans have an idea of where they want to be, where they want to sail to. And most humans are stuck in a lull in the middle of the ocean, hoping and praying for some sort of miracle to direct them. If we want to avoid losing track of where we are right now in the sea of life, this ocean, then we have to identify the warning signs before we are able to figure out where we need to go. One warning sign is waking up every single day and feeling horrible. If you find yourself waking up in, uh, in the morning with very little energy, with very little excitement, then the chances are very high that you've lost track of where you need to be. Also be aware that that horrible feeling might be a sign of depression. If that's the case, then I encourage you to get extra help from people around you and to approach a mental health professional that will help you with depression. Generally though, when we are in a situation where we are happy and we know our purpose, that gives us the energy to be excited to fulfill whatever we need to do for that particular day. Another indication that we, that we might not be doing well or feeling a little bit lost is a sense of appetite when we're happy especially for me, I can like eat all day. I'm an I'm a emotional eater and I eat when I'm very happy. Um, appetite is usually something that we, we experience goes up and down, up and down. And when I'm in a down state, then I lose my appetite. And then that means that I'm not in tune with myself. Another thing that is also prone to happen to me is that I have cravings for sweet things when I'm stressed or feeling a little bit under the weather. So that for me is a clear indication that the energy levels in my body is, is out of whack. These sudden changes in appetite can be one obvious warning sign to others too. Um, so you must be, be prepared with a plan when that happens, that you can follow to get yourself back on track. For me, for example, I need to start meditating a little bit longer in the morning or meditate in the morning and at night, journal a little bit about what's causing me a little bit of anxiety or what's throwing me out of, out of tune. And that sends, tends to bring me a little bit back to that feeling of, okay, I'm, I'm okay now. That doesn't mean you mustn't have cake. Okay, you must have cake. It just means identify what your triggers are as far as your appetite, appetite is concerned. Some people eat less, some people eat more, but those are clear indications that the energy levels have shifted. 
another sort of clue for us is when you start questioning if we're doing the things that we should be doing uh, for ourselves, when we start to question the reason that we're doing things in our lives, 99.9% of the time, we're probably not on the right path. When we're unsatisfied with how we lead our lives, and, and if we're in a situation where we continually, continuously just go from one day to the other, leading it in the way that we know we shouldn't be, then we end up becoming someone who harbors hatred, and it can make you extremely bitter. So the solution to that is change something, change anything. Find the smallest thing that you can make a change to. Finding the right path is not easy because it differs from person to person. But changing something small in your life can increase the changes of stumbling into something that could put you in the right path. Another little clue that I would like to share with you is if you've identified something that gives you entertainment value and it makes you joyful and happy and suddenly you get to a point where it no longer gives you that type of entertainment value, then that could be an indication that you've lost your way. For me, I love playing games, but there are times when even the smallest interaction doesn't bring me joy. For example, interaction with friends feels like it's a little bit extra, extra, like it's taking too much of my energy. Or, you know, I enjoyed watching um, the series called Green Leaves. And there was one point in the seven or eight, nine nights that we were watching where the, the couple of episodes that I watched wasn't that exciting. And a coffee date that I planned seemed to be lacking entertainment value. When when entertainment loses its ability to, to entertain us, then nothing will work unless we get our lives back on track. Friends are supposed to be a source of, of joy. And other than that, they're also a way for us to feel connected to the world around us. And sometimes when we're not on the right path, doesn't matter how many people we are surrounded with, we still tend to feel alone in the world. And that's a sign that we are not 100% purposeful in life. No matter how many people we meet, when we're feeling disconnected, that feeling of connection won't re-emerge automatically. We have to do something. Our thoughts give us a huge indication on whether or not we're in sync with our purpose. If we're constantly thinking pessimistic thoughts and finding it hard to turn those thoughts into more positive ones, then we need to check where we're heading. Sometimes we might find ourselves walking a fine line and a slight push could make us feel like we're tumbling into a deep uh, bottomless pit. Leaving it there isn't smart. It's not going to resolve itself. We have to physically move in a direction where we want to go. And sometimes if we need professional help or sessions of therapies, then we have to do that to get us going. Therapy can also be extremely helpful to just identify where your passion lies, where your heart and your soul will be fulfilled and help you move in that direction. All of us deserve a life that is free from anxiety and depression and accepting support can bring us back to a life filled with peace and with joy. One important 
skill that we have to have, and this is a skill that we learn, is to understand how self-forgiveness works. And this has been a big thing in my life. We've, I've had to really dig deep into years and years and years of doing the same old thing over and over and getting the same result through the self-development and self-evaluation, I also needed to do a lot of self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness is the key step to take on a journey of self-discovery. Accept yourself as you are today and grow from there. How do we do that? There are times when a person's head is filled with one single thought, right? And it keeps going and it's going like an old style movie. It just keeps repeating and repeating that one thought. I should have done this. I was so upset. I should have done that. I was so angry. Does that sound familiar? That process of continuously thinking about the same thought, which tends to be sad or dark, is called rumination. Until I got to a process, a point in my life where I had to start doing self-forgiveness, I didn't even understand that this process of rumination was keeping me behind. The first point of self-forgiveness is to identify when we're ruminating, when that little seed is just festering. Same thought that goes around in your head over and over, the same negative thing. I'm not good enough because that mistake is keeping me stuck because I shouldn't have said yes when I wanted to say no because, and it just goes over and over and over in your head. When that happens, it's a clear indication that you are needing to evaluate, figure out what is going on and forgive yourself. This habit of rumination can be very dangerous to our mental health. It prolongs or it intensifies feelings of sadness and it impairs our ability to think and process the emotions that go with that thought. It can also cause us to feel a little isolated and in that process we, we start pushing people away. If you're, one, if you're like me and you do a lot of ruminating, it can be a good thing if we have a recipe on how to process those thoughts to a point where we can start the process of self-forgiveness. Okay, so once the ruminating is happening and we need to know how to move forward, um, the first thing we need to identify is that we get stuck in a cycle and it can be very difficult to get out of the cycle if we don't know what sort of process to follow to move forward. If we enter a cycle of, of ruminating, it's important to stop that once you've identified it's happened and to possibly prevent that from happening, that thought from becoming more and more intense. So what I normally do is I'll journal the thought. I felt angry at that moment because, and I'll stop there. Because now you need to take some time to try and figure out what's happening there. But the good thing about journaling is that the thought doesn't keep coming over and over and over because it's now been written down, right? And 
writing down the thought can help the ruminating from from stopping. You, you can you can contain it when it starts, which means it doesn't have a snowball of negative thoughts. So what can we do to stop these obsessive thoughts besides journaling? Once it's journaled, it's easy to distract yourself. If you're not able to journal it at that moment, do something different anyway. Move, get up, um, start doing some chores. Not my favorite one, I must admit. I would rather like make a cup of tea or watch a comedy or draw a picture. But look around you and quickly choose something to do that will take your mind off from the thought that you're having. Maybe you phone a friend or uh, speak to a family member, a trusted family member. You can also start reading a book. As long as the thought comes and you deal with it, that's what's important. Take a walk around the neighborhood if it's safe. Um, you know, the, I think the best thing probably is to pick up a book and read because you kind of like walk down an imaginary, you know, situation, a novel or, and that kind of takes your mind off from that, that negative thought. What also helps is to try and come up with a plan of how to deal with that particular situation. And you don't have to be a, a fundi or a specialist in, in self-evaluation or psychology or so. Try and be as kind and caring to yourself when you design this plan. This plan needs to look at how I can address that thought. You can write down or, or, or plan a step-by-step -step approach. You know, like when something's negative happened and, and you're sitting back and thinking about the situation and you kind of role play it in your mind. You role play it with an action plan. What should I have done here? What could I have done better there? Should I have paused at this particular place? And it wouldn't, you know, then I wouldn't have upset myself so much, for example. So that's an, a mental action plan that helps you deal with this thought. And it slows it down from playing in your mind over and over and over. It kind of disrupts that replay. And the... And the mind is really good at focusing on solutions when you prompt it to. The third step is to take action. If you've been through something negative, you take one small step, an action step to addressing the issue. And that one small step can put your mind at peace. So for example, if it is a situation where you are in contact with somebody who tends to upset you, one small step in an action plan could be to slow yourself from engaging with too much enthusiasm the next time you have that connection. You, you kind of take a step back and control where you are going in the conversation so that you are not in, in, a, in a situation where you are feeling uncomfortable and out of control. You also, it's really important for us when we're in situations where we're feeling a little bit taxed to, to evaluate whether or not 
the thought that we're having is accurate. Because I, I, I also feel like sometimes when we're in situations that cause us some stress or we, we're thinking about finding something purposeful to do um, and we critique ourselves a little bit harshly is to evaluate whether or not that critique is realistic in its judgment. And most times you'll find when you're doing a lot of self-critiquing that in reality, we're a little bit too harsh with ourselves. So it might not be a realistic critique when we're thinking of, of finding a life of purpose. We need to also just be a little bit calmer and kind and put things into perspective um, to sort of, you know, get you off the hook so that you can move forward. The thought, sometimes the thoughts that we have are not accurate and they make little sense when we are judging ourselves too harshly. Re-evaluating and readjusting our life goals is also important in the process of self-forgiveness. Sometimes we plan to do X and we end up on a path of Y. And when we are doing our search for our purpose, we are very judgmental, almost wanting to be super perfectionistic when we, when we are judging the now different route that we're taking. And perfectionism is very unrealistic. We, we, we tend to come from a place of perfectionism when we're ruminating. And that's not one of the reasons why it's not very healthy for us to be playing this video in our minds all the time. Setting realistic goals are important. Achievable goals are important. And when we've lost our way a little, self-forgiveness is important when we are reevaluating those goals and making them more achievable. Realistic and achievable goals can reduce the risks of overthinking our own actions. What we can also do in this process of self-forgiveness is to work on enhancing our self-esteem. A lack of self-esteem can be associated to an increased amount of rumination and it's linked with increased risks of depression. Enhancing self-esteem can be accomplished in many ways. For example, building on existing strengths that can add to a sense of mastery, using the skills that we already have to boost our confidence, and that in turn increases our level of self-esteem. Some people might choose to work on enhancing self-esteem in therapy, in sessions of therapy, where we work with a specialist. As you enhance your self-esteem, self-efficiency is also enhanced. We, we feel better about doing something that we know we're good at. So that makes us a little bit more confident. And moving from being good at something then moves us into a place where we are excellent at doing that. That curbs this process of ruminating, of just thinking of the same negative things all the time. Meditation is something that I have recently stumbled across that calms my mind so much that I do a lot less ruminating. 
for those of us who try meditation, the fact that it clears your mind and increases calm is a positive positive. If you haven't tried meditation and you would like to start, start with five minutes of quiet time during the day. If the ruminating is increasing while you are quiet, put on some soothing music, earphones in the ears, and that will calm your mind. The more you meditate, the better you become at it. So meditating can be a wonderful way to increase calm and peace in your mind. It also helps with focusing on what your purpose is. You have like moments of like, um, how can I say it? Oprah refers to them as aha moments. It's like moments of genius where ideas and sparks of, of truthfulness appears in your mind and you immediately know what you need to do with your skills, with your, with your, with your knowledge, with that extra something, something that you've been given to move forward on your path. So every time we find ourselves in a situation where we are sitting and ruminating, we must make a mental note of the situation that we're in. This includes where we are, what time of day it is, who is around us, if there's anyone around us, and what we were doing on that day. Developing ways to avoid or to manage these triggers can reduce the amount of rumination. Therapy is, as mentioned before, could be a way that we, we could uh, get into a situation where we are with a professional that can direct our thinking and our thoughts and address some of the problems that might be at our core that influences whether or not we understand what our purpose is and how we need to get to a point where we can move forward from identifying what our problems are forgiving ourselves and then moving on. The actual process of forgiveness, self-forgiveness, it's more than just putting the past behind you and moving forward. It's more about accepting what's happened to us in that particular situation, in that particular encounter, in that point in our journey of life and showing compassionate towards ourselves so that we can move forward. That's what self-forgiveness is. It's not about changing what the past is or expecting us to have done things a little bit better. The past is the past, it's there. We look at the past and try and learn a lesson from it, but from a point of compassion. Facing what's happened is the first step towards self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness requires a huge amount of empathy, compassion, kindness, and understanding. And we need to remember that self-forgiveness is a choice. It's something we can do every day, all day. Whether we're trying to work through a minor mistake or something huge that's impact many areas of our lives, the steps we need to take in order to forgive ourselves will look and feel the same. It's filled with empathy, compassion, kindness, and understanding. And it is always a choice. As painful and as uncomfortable as it might feel, 
there are things in life that are worth enduring, going through the pain in order for us to move forward. And self-forgiveness is one of those. There are a few steps that we can try the next time we get to a point where we're needing to do some self-forgiveness. The first thing we do is we focus on the emotion. Give yourself permission to recognize and accept the feeling that's been triggered and welcome that feeling. For me, it's usually the self-awareness that I'm needing to forgive myself. So, so when I'm in a situation where I feel like that didn't go so well, Rukaya, I say, okay, what's, what's the lesson, right? The lesson is that I was sad or I was angry uh, because something had happened. So do I want to be out of control? No. I give myself permission to say, okay, it was okay to feel the sadness and the anger. I accept that I was angry and I was sad. I welcome that feeling. I acknowledge the mistake out loud and I say, what was the lesson? So when I give myself a voice to the thoughts that are happening in my head and the emotions that I'm feeling in my heart, I free myself from that burden of negativity. And we imprint in our mind what we've learned from our actions and our consequences in the lesson. Each mistake that we make is a learning experience. You cannot go through your life without making mistakes. We've often been conditioned to accept mistakes as something that is negative, something that's so very bad as if we as human beings are not allowed to make mistakes. Mistakes are as part of our lives as the successes. In fact, in some instances, we have more mistakes than we have successes. So how do we take the value of that mistake and minimize it almost to make it feel like a failure? You have to make mistakes. We have to make mistakes. We're human. Each mistake is a learning experience that holds the key to moving forward faster and more consistently in the future. Reminding ourselves that the, we did the best that we could at that moment with the tools that we have, the knowledge that we have at that particular time helps us move forward. I did the best I could in that moment with the knowledge and the experience that I had at that point in time. And so I accept that. When I know better, I'll do better. Give us, we need to give ourselves permission to put the process on hold sometimes. If we make a mistake, but we have a hard time putting that out of our minds, then it's okay to kind of put it on the back burner, put it like on a, on a flip chart stand and leave it there in our minds. Visualizing our thoughts and our feelings are important. In that moment of when we feel we're making a mistake, what was our thoughts and our feelings? Once we identify what that is, we can move forward. Sometimes we don't really know what it is. Keep it on hold. You'll come back to it. Eventually, there'll be a point in your life where we have worked through it to understand why we felt the way we feel, especially if it's big things, if it's big things like we're going through big life experiences. You don't, we don't have to analyze this now immediately to move forward. Some of it can go onto a back burner and come back later. So it's okay to put that on hold while we're processing 
we all have an inner critic, the voice that doesn't let up. It's constantly telling us what we're doing wrong, why we're doing it wrong, what we could have done better. Why are you not as smart as? Why are you not working as hard as? Why do you not have as much as? That must increase that little critic that's on the inside of us, that must and the missus and the mister that is constantly telling us what we are doing wrong. Identify that critic. It's part of our self-development. It's very necessary for self-forgiveness. We often have a conversation with ourselves in this inner critic, and that can help us identify patterns of sabotage, self-sabotage in this ability to forgive ourselves. We can also use journaling time to identify what the critic is saying to us. So if there's a, a thought that keeps coming that you're just judging yourself so hard for, write that down in your journal. Write that down on a sheet of paper and keep it for later. That way it's out of the mind and it's not going to stop you from moving forward. So we can use journaling time to make a list of the qualities that we like, as well as this little critic that keeps telling us what we're doing wrong. Okay. Um, at this time, when you are writing down what the critic says to you, write that down first. Then we write down the strengths and the skills that we love about ourselves so that we finish our journaling on a positive note. We need to also realize that that little critic inside there is sometimes very harsh. Harsher with us than it is with other people. We tend to judge ourselves a little bit harder than we judge other people. You'll give another person a get out of jail card faster than you would give yourself a get out of jail card. Part of self-forgiveness is to give yourself a get out of jail card as often as you can. That's part of the kindness and the compassion so that we can move forward. Quieting the negative voices in our heads happens when we practice self-forgiveness. In our journal, when we're journaling or you're writing down on a sheet of paper, write on one side what the critic is saying. How harsh is this critic being? On the other side of the paper, write down messages of self-compassion and self-kindness in response to what the critic is saying. So that you meet the negative with the positive and we can move forward. Get clear about you, what you want when you're on the process of self-forgiveness. What do I want here as I'm analyzing the negative with the positive? What do I want this outcome to be eventually? And focus on that goal. If it is making amends, make the amends and move forward. If it's making amends, but still putting up boundaries to keep yourself safe and at peace, then that's what we do. And then another tip is to ask yourself what you would tell your best friend in situations where they are struggling. Treat yourself like you're your own best friend. If you have a best friend, you can role play. This situation happened. I'm struggling to move forward. 
this is why I feel bad about it. And if it's a trusted person who has your best interest at heart, they will reply with kindness. They'll be honest, but they will be kind. And similarly, we need to turn this critic into our best friend. If we are role playing with best friends, we are not super judgmental about how we respond. And so that is the type of relationship you want to start building with this critic inside yourself, right? We, we need to replay as if we are speaking to a friend. We ask, what do you think about the mistake? They tell you how they've interpreted what happened and you explain why you were struggling with forgiving yourself. The best advice giver is often how we treat other people. If I'm in a situation where I'm stuck and I want to be overcritical about myself, I say, okay, if somebody else had made this mistake and I know that they are going through a tough time, what would I say to them? That kindness and compassion that comes forward in my advice that I want to give this person, I then take that and apply it to myself. That way I get to be a little bit kinder. And sometimes we just need to get to a place where we stop playing the tape, stop going through the same situation in your mind when you've had enough. You get to a point where you say, okay, I'm done. I'm going to take three breaths and I'm going to write this down. And when it's written down, I am done. Then you get up and you're going to go take a walk or go ride a bike or go and smell the flowers. Don't go back there. Self-forgiveness is also to know when I've had enough and I need to move forward. And then I can't emphasize how important it is to show ourselves kindness and compassion. It's time to show ourselves kindness and compassion over and over. The only way we begin the journey of self-discovery is to be kind and compassionate with ourselves. You say, I am worthy of forgiveness. I am worthy of the kindness. I am worthy. Sometimes we also have to find places where we can get professional, specialized help with some of the stuff that we struggle with. Talking to a professional is nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, it is so admirable for me when I see people find professional support and guidance. It teaches, what it shows me is that this person values themselves enough to unlearn unhealthy patterns of behavior and help cope with the mistakes. So let's all take an opportunity to learn to break unhealthy patterns, learn healthier ways to cope with, us, with, with making mistakes, with feeling like we haven't really managed to do what we wanted to do, achieve the goal, fulfilled our purpose, forgiven ourselves. Um, it's really important to know that in order to heal, we must first forgive. And sometimes that person that we need to forgive is ourselves. For those of us who are wanting and thinking about getting therapy, support, there are two organizations that you can have a look at. One is um, the Akiso Clinics, 
you can Google them. You find the Kiso clinics in all the different areas of Johannesburg. Give a call, get somebody to help, move forward, do the healing. Other, another organization is SADAC. It's the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. They are available on the website too. And um, their telephone number is 080-012-1314. Thank you very much for spending this time with me. As mentioned, the face-to-face -face course is on the 5th of December. We'll cover a whole lot more. We'll, in, um, we'll use interactive activities to do the learning. It's not going to be like the podcast where it is just a listening session. There's going to be lots of activity. We've now moved through understanding why it's important to start or to focus constantly on this journey to self, this dynamic, ever-changing journey. We've spoken a little bit about identifying the warning signs that we're losing track of our lives. And we've also spoken a little bit about learning how to practice self-forgiveness. In the one-day workshop, we'll maneuver through the process of self-actualization, uh, which is learning what it means to love ourselves and how to have a healthy relationship with ourselves. We'll also learn how to have healthy relationships with others. We'll talk a little bit about financial ab abundance and what that looks like. And then how to live a life with strong values. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share this information with you. Remember that the seven podcasts are for free and they're shareable. Please check out the Yoga Mama site on Facebook and sign up. The actual meaning of life is to fulfill our purpose, to accomplish our goals by discovering who we are and what we bring to the world. Thank you for joining me. I'm Rukaya Harris. Take good care of yourself. Good night.